Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. Hey everybody, this is your host, Robert Enos again. Welcome to Table Flippers, another awesome episode. I'm here with Melissa Chavez, a friend and a member of our church here at Greater Works Christian Church in Lancaster, California, the world's greatest church, by the way, just saying. And I wanted to bring her on here because we were talking and she's part of some uh, other organizations that I'm a part of, but I want her to tell you about that. But we were talking about some things that are just heavy on my heart and I know are heavy on her heart as well. And I wanted to bring her on here so that she could share with you her perspective and her heart of what she sees going on in the world and especially in the church world today. So without any further ado, here's Melissa Chavez. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Apostle Rob, for having me here today. I'm so excited to be able to be a part of Table Flippers. I love the work that you're doing. And so my name is Melissa Chavez, as he said. I am currently a member of the Palmdale Freedom Coalition in Palmdale, California, for which we birthed a newspaper called the Palmdale Journal. I am an assistant editor-in-chief in that paper, and so I'm just excited to be here. As I said, Melissa has some things that she wants to share today. I wanted her to just give, her, give you all a short perspective of who she is and where she comes from. She is a member of PFC, Palmdale Freedom Coalition. She also is the assistant editor of the Palmdale Journal. This is an awesome newspaper, homegrown newspaper, that speaks about not just political things, but from a conservative Christian perspective. And she is the assistant uh, editor to that. The work that she's doing that I see is extremely important because what she is doing is not just with PFC and not just here at the church, but especially in the in the Palmdale Journal, is she's getting the message, the conservative message out to people that wouldn't necessarily hear that message. And I don't want her just to come here and give a news article kind of podcast, but just have her speak from her heart and let her share her perspective of what she sees in the church world today in regard to what she's familiar with and what she does with the Palmdale Freedom Coalition and the Palmdale Journal. So back to you, Melissa. One of the things that I've definitely seen being a part of the Palmdale Freedom Coalition, one thing that I think is important for me to say about this is the Palmdale Freedom Coalition is a little bit over a year old. And in that year, we've been able to have an ordinance passed. We've been able to have candidates running for office. And uh, like we've mentioned, the newspaper. And so what's amazing to me is the progress that's been able to be done in just one year. And so as I've been a part of the church ever since I can remember, it's really astounding to me what happens when not just the body of Christ, but citizens engage equally. However, what's been a little bit disheartening for me 
is the fact that being a part of the Palmdale Freedom Coalition of the newspaper, the lack of involvement that I see from local pastoral leaders. I hardly see any pastors involved in the Palmdale Freedom Coalition. I hardly see any pastors involved in, you know, city council meetings. And even um, back in 2020, you know, we, our church, Greater Words Christian Church, we were doing ample amount of rallies where we were protesting against these mandates and there were no other pastors to be seen where is the church am i right as we are pressing towards these things and as we're wanting freedom and as we're fighting for our rights not just as americans but even in the church the pastors need to be involved and so one of the tables that I want to flip over and over and over again is the wrong theology that pastors tend to teach their flock, and that is just worry about your salvation, and that's it. You know, as I mentioned, I grew up in the church for years, and I'm talking about riding two buses a day, going to church every single day, and I never was taught or I never received the importance of being involved in your community and transforming and making disciples of the nations. And because what was happening is that pastors were just teaching, you know, salvation, and salvation is important. I don't want to knock that. We all know. But it's the beginning of our relationship with walking with Christ. Jesus came to overturn the systems of this world. And so as we mature in our Christianity and as we mature in our walk with Jesus, we should also be wanting to take back these kingdoms back to our God. What does it say in Revelation? The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And how does that happen? Through us, through our work, through our discipling of the nations. Melissa, I really appreciate everything that you're saying because, you know, people hear me saying it and then I'm that lone voice. But it's nice when other people in the body of Christ are starting to see these things and recognize these things and can say them. And you spoke about how many churches preach salvation. Again, we know that that is probably the most important thing to preach and teach. However, uh, you also said that they need to mature and then start taking nations and get involved, at least in their community. Would you like to elaborate on that, please? Absolutely. I think the number one way somebody can sow into their community and get involved is first and foremost becoming an upstanding citizen, right? And so what does that mean? That means becoming somebody that doesn't just take from your community, but somebody that gives back to your community. How do you do that? You become self-sufficient. And I guarantee you that as you become self-sufficient, automatically by very principle you're going to start seeing that when the government starts offering you free stuff starts offering you handouts starts offering you these promises it's gonna feel bad it's gonna feel gross because as a person that knows what jesus offers and knows that jesus is all about taking responsibility jesus is all about growing in your gifts and becoming somebody that pours out into this community then in that way automatically you begin to understand that that's how somebody gets involved in their community that's how you begin that's your first step in taking disciples for jesus why? Because when society is telling you, you know, just feed off the government, feed off whatever people are telling you, and they start seeing you shoot up, you know, I'm reminded of that scripture, um, I believe is in Isaiah, where it says that he came up as a shoot out of dry ground. That's what happens when the soil in your community is dry and nobody's really prospering, but you start taking the word of God seriously, you begin to grow in places where there is, there's not much growth expected. 
So that's that's the first step is taking responsibility for yourself. And then the second step, I believe, is when that actual um, you start imparting into the nations and all these things is when you begin to be able to start multiplying that in other people. Now, that can be in one on one discipling. Right. But as we know, Jesus said, make disciples of the nations. And so we got to think bigger. We got to move on bigger. And so how do you do that? You integrate yourself in a group of people that are of like mind, like calling and that have a heart to see nations and communities transformed. Again, bringing it back to the Palmdale Freedom Coalition. You know, religion um, and the Palmdale Freedom Coalition, one of the things that we're so proud about is that there's such a dynamic group of people in the coalition. We have people that are atheists, people that are, um, you know, just from every walk of life. And what happens is that we're all coming together in, the, in one common ground, and that is freedom. What does the Lord say? Where the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And what's happening is that because it's not looking prim and proper the way that churches have raised um, believers to think or, you know, it's not in a suit and tie every morning. It's not in a skirt down to your ankles. It's not in two fast songs, one slow song. It's not traditional is really what I'm saying. Then the churches are turning away from that. There's a, like, there's a newsflash here. Um, society doesn't look the way that it looked 50, 40 years ago, okay? You need to understand that there's a contemporary situation going on right now. And you can't respond to it the way that you were responding 40, 50 years ago. And me, I'm 31 years old. You're welcome. I'm exposing myself out here. But in just 31 years, okay, so I got really saved and rededicated back when I was 20, 21, 22, from younger from my teens preteens to the age of 21 you know all I kept hearing was Jesus is coming back soon Jesus is coming back soon so then me I was like well if Jesus is coming back soon why do I need to do anything with my life you know why am I gonna waste my time working hard why am I gonna waste my time putting effort into anything if Jesus is gonna come back and all of this is gonna be worthless and unfortunately what that demonic theology because I do believe that's demonic um what that did was and of course, first, let me put a little disclaimer here. I had I could have taken responsibility, but I didn't. Um, I'm not just putting all the blame on the church. I know that I could have also done the work for myself. But at the same time, it's like I was being inundated with this doctrine and this theology. And so to me, it's like, well, I'm going to have fun. And at the 11th hour, I'm going to repent since these people are saying church, uh, Jesus is coming back. So we should be a done deal. And so then once I fully rededicated myself back to the Lord, I realized, wait a minute, Jesus is not coming back soon. And so what's happening is that the church created a cop out in order for us to for the church as a community to not get involved in what's going on. And so what happened is that the demonic, you know, people that are not righteous, political leaders and all these things, they began to occupy the present while the church was so occupied with our eternity. But even in that, we know we we should understand by now that our eternity matches whatever effort we put in the here and the now. For example, if I don't worry about what's going on here in the now, then I'm not going to be worried about preaching Jesus. I'm not going to be worried about taking cities back for Jesus. If I'm not engaged in this moment, then how many more souls could have been saved and could have been won for the glory of God if I was engaged in this moment? And so unfortunately, um, as I've seen growing up in the church for 31 years, is that pastors are more worried about people coming into their churches rather than them bringing people back into the kingdom of God. Um, what I really just, I feel, really needs to happen is that 
you know, pastors need to get out of their pulpits. You know, one thing that I really appreciate about um, the church that I go to is that I, I see my pastors more out in the community than I see them in church. And what I mean by that is, you know, any given day, if I'm out at a community gathering, if I'm out at a rally, if I'm out, uh, whatever X, Y, Z thing that's happening in that week and that moment is my pastors are there. But it's disheartening when I see only one other pastor from one other church attending. But but even in that, you know, many of those pastors or if I see one or two pastors, I don't see their sheep there with him. And so to me, it's like, are you really multiplying yourself in the way that you're saying that you are when there's no real following there? You know, earlier today, I learned what makes and I think you've even said it in one of your podcasts, it's what makes a leader a leader is having a following. So if your people aren't following you out into the trenches, then are you really leading? That's a real big question that pastors should be asking themselves. Are people just showing up to church? Are they here to hear a message? Because if that's the case, you're not leading them. You're putting on a performance for them. But if they're leading you out into the, if they're following you out into the community, then that's when you really show your stripes. That's when you're really showing that people are, have really bought into the vision. And if you're a true pastor and if you really have a heart after God, then they've really bought into God's vision. You know, a lot of people say that, um, Christianity and politics, they shouldn't mix or anything and things of that nature. And for a long time, I did believe that. I remember the first time that I heard a service where politics were being preached and I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, I sympathize with you people. But at the same time, as the more that I stuck around and I listened to the intent and the heart behind it, I understood, man, God was like Jesus when he was out here on the earth, when he was overturning all these um, ideologies and all these things, he was more political than anything. And so to me, it's like, how can church leaders disengage with such a big vital part of what Jesus came to do for the sake of keeping people in the church happy and fed and all these things? That's how you create the ministers that really have no, no substance. That's how you create people that have the head knowledge but don't have the real power of the Lord. That's how you create people that don't have a real influence out in this territory, not in this nation. And so, you know, as somebody that uh, I'm able to really observe things, one from a periodical standpoint, right, in a newspaper standpoint, as a journalist, as an editor, and somebody in the church, somebody that's grown up in religion my entire life, like, I'm able to really comprehend and understand the difference of a pastor that's here for the role, for the sake of being a pastor, for the sake of title, whatever the case may be. And, you know, some people are happy being that. Some people are happy following that because it puts no real um, expectancy on that. But at the same time, those are the people that create those that have no real impact in eternity, have no real impact on the things that truly matter. They just have an impact on their family. And can you imagine just being a child in this day and age and your parents just telling you, well, you just got to love everybody. You just got to be okay with people. You got to accept them. Or if you feel that way, then that's okay. Like, what kind of adults are you creating in the long run? You're creating kids that have no future and no hope. And when they see something that's unrighteous, something that's wrong, they're not going to have a voice. But if you have those that are teaching their kids, hey, you know what? Like, if you see something wrong, speak out against it. If you see something wrong, then, then, and you're using the word of the Lord, then you can speak out about it because that's what brings in transformation. Those are the true kingdom minded people that are going to bring in an entire nation back 
into the obedience of Christ. And you may ask yourself, well, who are we to impose our religion on other people? You're right. We shouldn't be imposing religion. We should be imposing kingdom. And kingdom brings power. Kingdom brings freedom. Kingdom brings people set free, generations being restored, you know, curses being broken off of our nation. It's because of those people that were willing to pick up arms and those people that were willing to stand up that we have the freedoms that we have today. And so if they were willing to do that, if they saw the the purpose and the value in that, how much more us when we have it so much more easy? You know what I mean? Like we have, we get to, if we, if we're speaking out against things, if we're doing all these things, we get to go back home and enjoy a warm meal. They didn't, they didn't have that before. And so if they were willing to sacrifice their livelihood, their health, their families, how much more should we be willing to sacrifice? You know, and so pastors, you really need to get it together. And I'm saying this from somebody that's part of the congregation. It's like, I need somebody to, we need people, those leaders, those strong leaders to go out and speak out so that we also have the boldness to be able to march out in that same mandate. Melissa, that was spectacular. I know we spoke about a few things before we started recording, but I had no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, sitting here in our studio, if you could see her, the passion that was flowing from her, she was face to the mic, eyes closed, and it was flowing. This tells you this is in her heart. She said it, not me, 31 years old, and guys, she's single, 31 years old. So a 31-year-old young lady gets it. She gets it. She understands it. She's lived it. She's walked it out. She's living it right now as we speak. She's getting involved, and she has been involved. So pastors, again, where are you? Where are you? This is not just another church leader asking you this question. Here's a 31-year-old young lady, a member of my congregation, but nonetheless a Christian in a church that's just saying, pastors, where are you? It's time that we in the church rise up and take back what is ours. Take this nation back, take our freedoms back, and establish this nation in righteousness. It will not happen from the pulpits. How do I know this? Think about all the millions of sermons that are preached every year in the United States of America, and it's still going downhill. It can happen when we get out of the pulpit and live out those sermons out on the streets, in the highways, in the byways, in the city council meetings. It's time for us to rise up and live our sermons. Before we say goodbye, Melissa, do you have anything else you want to share? You want to close this out? Actually, I do. You know, I do go to Greater Works Christian Church, and but what I do want to say is, it's not because I go to Greater Works Christian Church, and so I just want to knock that out in case somebody thinks that, oh, you know, she goes to his church, so it's bound. But no, um, a true disciple is one that's disciple of the truth, right? And so whether I was at Greater Words Christian Church or whether I was at another church that believes in the same thing, I would still be screaming this and saying this from every top high hill mountain because I do believe that whether from any denomination, from any church, leaders should be involved. It's important. And so as you preach on Sundays and as you deliver your people um, the message or the word of the Lord, ask yourself, is this going to br not just make my people feel good for this moment, 
is it going to alleviate their weak or is it going to alleviate the pressures of this government of the trouble that's going on in this world for their families and their generations you know a good leader is generational minded it's not sunday minded and so i really just want to um really say that from the bottom of my heart to leaders that please like if you really have a heart for your people you're going to put yourself out on those front lines you're going to take the hits for them you're going to create the path you know it says in the word that jesus was the um the forerunner of our faith that means he took the hits before any of us knew what they would mean and he even took him at greater levels none of you had to be crucified praise god hallelujah none of us had to do that and so if the least thing that he's asking of us or the biggest thing that he's asking of us is to re give him back more than what we started with then how can we dishonor the one mandate that he's given us and that's to make disciples of the nations as um you know as we do that it's really time to put our egos aside and our pride aside and understand that this is not a um, increasing numbers on a Sunday morning. This is literally a war that we're in, a spiritual war that we're in. And so I think the moment that the church gets sober-minded in this thinking, we're going to understand that whether the Lord asks us to put ourselves in situations that we have to look foolish or that we have to be the only ones screaming from the top of our lungs that the message is wrong, that the world is giving, then that's enough. Because as the word says, our treasures are in heaven. And so wherever your heart is, um, where your treasure is there your heart is also and so I think a lot of pastors and even congregations alike need to ask ourselves where is our treasure where are our hearts is it be, is it with our families even that we want to be accepted by our families or is it that we want to hear the words well done my good and faithful servant you know that's really the ultimate price being able to enter through through those gates being able to give back to Jesus more than what he's already given us. The lamb is worthy of the reward. And so as we gauge ourselves with that and as we move out and understand that this is people's salvation, I don't care if you agree that, um, you know, whatever policy, that's, that's the least of my worries. My biggest worry is, is this righteous? Does this align with the word of God? Is this going to bring healing? Is this going to be truth? And so, you know, it's time for the pastors to make the crooked path straight. It's time for those to be crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. You know, John the Baptist, he was out in the streets so Jesus can enter into the homes. And so pastors, what, who, who, is your main priority here? Is it Jesus? Is it advancing his kingdom or is it advancing your own? And so I just really want to encourage you guys, like repentance is the best thing ever in this entire world. If you have air in your lungs, if you have breath in your lungs, then you are more than able to start today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, you can ignite your church. Today, you can tell your, your church um, leaders and congregation that they can make a difference in this world. Today, you can encourage your people to have a voice. And I guarantee you that those that are struggling with anxiety, depression, whatever, they're going to find freedom because they're going to be walking in their God-given purpose. And that is to take dominion of this world. The more that you give people the freedom to exercise their authority, authority in a godly manner, the more that they find their purpose, their identity, and their drive. So thank you. Once again, as from a 31-year-old young lady serving as a church member here at Greater Works and also with the Palmdale Freedom Coalition and the Palmdale Journal, she gets it. She understands this and she lives it. Church leaders, it's time that we start living it as well. We are actually being passed up by people like this who have a passion for this world 
While we're preaching Jesus is coming to get us out of here any second, and we've been doing that for a hundred years, people like Melissa are actually changing the world around us, and it's time that we engage the world and the systems of this world, make them righteous, and bring them into the kingdom of God, as Melissa was saying. I bless you, and I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.